Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. This is a production of ITM Media. Hello to all the Marbleheads out there on this new episode of In the Marbles, episode 79 to be more exact. I'm Matt Beamer. And Preston couldn't make it today. However, we are joined by a special co-host this week here on the show, Charlie Herkes. You all know him from previous episodes and interviews. Charlie, how's it going? Uh, it's going good. Glad to be back on. Yeah, we're going to get you back in the studio. I believe you want to come up here for the Midway episode here for reasons that you want to talk about. But I know you definitely want to... And I, but I know you are planning to come up here for the Darlington race on Mother's Day weekend. Excited about that. I think the that mid-season episode is going to be the I told you so episode, but we'll we'll cross that bridge. When we're we going to have there. to cross that bridge when we get there. But how's it going, man? You just started your new season in uh, Cup Lights. How's that going so far? Uh, so far so good. A little little bit of a rocky start, you know. Uh, kind of had to jump into a backup car, so to speak, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, somebody else kind of gave up their rides for me to get in. So had to start in the back, worked our way up to second, was making a pass for the lead. Third place car kind of almost took us both out, me and the leader. Uh, so wound up finishing third for the opening opening race. Luckily, it wasn't a points race. So first points race is coming up in a little over a week and a half. So we'll hopefully get it all back together then and, and go back at it. Well, sounds good, man. I, yeah, you looked great on that on that video that was shot by that person in the stands i made sure to share that on our social media platforms but 
Man, this is this is great. Again, uh, Preston just started his job at the firehouse, so he's not going to be joining us. And he's got a little bit of stuff he needs to square away. But, again, glad that Charlie took the time out of his day and night to come here and be on this show. We're almost there to uh, episode 100. I think episode 100 actually might be our midway point episode. But I... I'm I'm ma- I'm no I'm no good at math. Let's just say that, so I can't do I can't tell you offhand. But how else is everything you going? You did go to Dozen. Yeah, I did. It. I'm true. You're you're 100 right there. But how else is everything going, man? Down there, uh, going good, going good. So just living a dream, working my life away one day at a time. You know, as we are all are for the most part, except if you're retired and or just a millionaire by happenstance. But I hear you, man. But we are going to hit the ground running here and get into the news. So let's get into it. And the news here at In the Marbles, as always, presented by Fubo. Fubo cut the cord with expensive satellite and cable providers and go with Fubo. You can start your seven-day free trial by heading over to InTheMarbles.net under the Partners tab. And all the way at the bottom is the link to Fubo. Go ahead, try it out. Try out for that seven-day free trial, and you might just be hooked. In all your sports, movies, and local television that you need for half the price with Fubo and Charlie. You mentioned before the show started that the that you didn't see the Xfinity or truck race, but I know you probably know about the incident on pit road regarding Noah Gregson and Daniel Hemrick. Yeah, I do. I've seen a little bit of footage, I guess, of uh, Noah being in the uh, interview yeah. and uh, Hemrick coming up shoving him and whatnot and now I, I i guess i've heard of what led up to it i've heard a couple of different sides of the story that noah backed into him on pit road yep. but i've also heard that there was an incident on the track before all that happened so a lot of back and forth he said she said stuff but I honestly i i know noah's kind of made a name for himself but i gotta back noah up on this one i mean you're in the middle of an interview whatever's happened leading up to that has happened at that point i'm the same way if somebody's gonna come up and shove me in the middle of an interview then you better be ready to get shoved back that's all that's all i'm saying all right so you're clearly team gregson here on this case but i am going to be 100 behind him rick here and here's why now i'm not a driver you're a driver but here's my thing if what was said according to steve miller that the nine didn't mean to back into the 18 car of Daniel Hemrick on pit road. And if that was an accident, don't you think a team member from Noah Gregson's car, somebody would have gone up to a team, um, a member of Daniel Hemrick's car and said, Hey, that was our fault. That was an accident, you know, because it looked like to me. And according to what happened was, I guess that Hemrick slid through his pit and went into the nine pit which caused the 19 to delay. And then while the 19 was backing up to get into position to pit, he hit the front of Hemrick's car with his rear, with the rear of his car. Now, to me, while in, in all this going on during a pit stop, now, to me, that screams negligence, and that screams that, you know, to me, that shouldn't happen. And I think, interview or not, Hemrick was justified in going up to Gregson and showing his displeasure. Now, what I definitely don't like is a team member from Gregson wrapping Hemrick up and Gregson getting some shots in there for one reason or another. But if that were to happen to you, if you were in a series that you were pitting and you were put yourself in Hemrick's shoes and Gregson came back to you, wouldn't you want to confront him after the race? Yeah, but I also think there's a 
there's a time to do it. Uh, and I, I think Hemrick probably picked a, a, a bad time. Now, so, I mean, what, what time would be appropriate, though? I mean, we all know there's a lot of interviews right after a race. Right. Um, and, of course, they're probably already asking questions at that moment to Noah exactly what was happening on pit road, what led up to all that, so on, so on. So it's already fresh on his mind. And for him to come up and, you know, start shoving and all that, it didn't help the situation. I, you know, I, I, I think once the media coverage is done, all that kind of stuff, and I don't get me wrong, is it probably good for the sport? Sure. You know, that's the whole have at it boys, whatever. But, you got to draw the line somewhere at the same time and to do it right in front of the cameras. Okay. You're asking for something. Yeah. And, but you, so, I mean, I kind of see where Noah's where you're coming from here and Noah Greg's and talking to the press after the race, which is a standard procedure. And I'm sure it's the same way in South Alabama. If you were to finish in the top three positions, you go there, get your trophy, talk to the track media director and talk about the race and, you know how you ran so if somebody would have came up to you during that time you know naturally you'd be upset with them but do you do you kind of see where Hemrick's coming from at this point if i can no, I, your, I, I do yeah i okay. do I, I see where he's coming from you, you let your frustrations get the best of you and I, I definitely hell i'll be the first one to tell you i've let my frustrations get the best of me plenty of times since why i was suspended last uh, last season so i mean i'm I, I, I can see both sides, but I guess in that particular moment, I, I could see where Noah was justified on, on retaliating right at that particular moment. Right. And, and you know, I have to give it to NASCAR. I mean, I think they kind of squashed it right there on pit road because uh, Scott Miller, after the race, said this. We've reviewed the incident, which has occurred between the 9 and 18 car on pit road during Saturday night's race at Atlanta and met with Gregson after the event. And he added a chain reaction of events led to the 18 and 9 both overshooting their pit stalls. 9 ended up coming both long and out of the pit box on the, to the outside, which he needed to back up as far as possible for the chance of fully having him be positioned in the box. After reviewing the video, our judgment was that the contact was not deliberate. But given that the contact was not delivered, don't you think a team member should have still gone up to... Uh, Hemrick's team and said, "Hey, that was our bad. We overshot the pits. This is what happened. We apologize." Well, I mean, do do we know for sure they didn't? Though, I mean, no. I mean, I'm I'm just speculating here because I think this could have all. I mean, I don't think it would have gone to blows like it did if Hemrick would have been. I think approached by his team, especially his crew chief, after the race and said, "Hey, cooler heads prevail. That was an accident. I know it's happened in a position." and where team members were involved, but I think that could have solved a lot of problems. I mean, like you said, we don't know. I wasn't listening to the 9 well, or that, 18. At that, that at that point, there may have not have been a whole lot they could say to calm them down either. So, right. He's already just on a war path. He's got it in his head that he's going to do something. For, for once, NASCAR probably made the better call and just didn't penalize nobody, let bygones be bygones, and move on to the next race. Well, I tell you what, it's definitely a... Uh, situation in a, in a rivalry going to be going down the line in 2021 that I'm going to yeah. be definitely be looking at more because to me both drivers are talented yeah Junior Motorsports isn't having the best start of 2021 although Allgaier did get to win Saturday during the Xfinity race but Junior Motorsports I think it seems like 
everything is bad is happening to Arnett, Barry, and Gregson, and Allgaier is doing his thing, wing races, finishing in the top ten, top five, and having consistent runs. But everybody else seems to yeah, be magnet I mean, for Barry, trouble. Josh Barry's there. He's just bad luck, man. He he's getting yeah. caught up in everybody else's messes. He really I mean, is. He's had strong cars week in, week out. He's just getting caught up in everybody else's messes. Yeah, and we talked and, about and, it. And last Noah, week. Noah's led plenty of laps. Oh yeah. Same thing in in a lot of ways. That was pretty much the only news I had. No retaliation, no penalties, no nothing for that contact on pit road. I, I think it should have been, you know, at least a warning, maybe a probation, but and I'm sure they probably did get a little bit of a slap on the wrist, like, hey, guys, there ain't nothing issued this time, but let's chill it out a little bit. I mean, to me, on pit road, you shouldn't you shouldn't use your car as a weapon in the first place, and I think you can attest to that, that, yeah, you know, yeah. It, you know well, penalties will come I, down for that. At least I did it on the track, not on pit road. Yeah, you did it where at least no innocent crew members would were to get <laughs> – you know, potentially crushed because what if somebody was coming across there and Noah backed into him? I mean, to me, yeah. I think I think I think Noah I did it on it. purpose. I didn't do it from a dead standstill. Yeah, I think Noah did it on purpose, but that's just me. I mean, I can't tell you which way or not. They say he didn't I, do it on purpose, but I just bumped the guy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, he. I mean, they were at a standstill working on the car, and he bumped into him. To me, that's yeah. that's wrong. But that was all the news. I, yeah, I had. it could have been a. He could have rolled the car off a jack or something like that. So. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse for if somebody was working under yeah, there. I, you no, know, I mean, you throw in, you throw in any scenario there, and it could have been much worse. But you know what? If, if NASCAR says the issue is over with, then the issue issue is over with. We can't really go back and say, well, you can't go back and change it now. No, you can't. It would look weak on NASCAR and every every any fan of Henrik or Gregson, whether one of them gets penalized or both, would be like. What the heck? I thought this issue was over with. I totally understand that. That's kind of that was kind of all the news I had again with the weekend going as it is. We're getting ready for Bristol dirt track racing. We'll get more into that later. Like you said at the top of the show, you didn't watch the trucker Xfinity race, and be honest with you, the whole weekend in general was kind of like the cup race. It was just not from from what I heard. I tried to follow the truck race because big in finger fan. Yeah. Like I said before, I, I've worked with him a little bit when I when we we were living up in North Carolina and he was down here running the super late model race this past you know a couple week or last weekend or a couple weekends ago now. Yeah at the Rattler two fifty. Um, and you know great guy, big fan of his. I hate that he's kind of being done the way he's being done at Thor Sport this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was trying to follow follow him on the truck race, but once again, kind of the Kyle Busch show. Yeah, and and what do you think uh, about that? I know I know everybody who's been listening to the show since day one, and now they're listening to their 79th episode of this show. Know my stance on drivers going from the Cup level down to Xfinity or truck. I don't care if it's Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr. Insert yeah, name I, here. I, I don't I don't I'm, like it. I'm the same way. I, I think that if you're running for points in another series. I think that if you're running for points in the truck series, okay, you you can run Xfinity and Cup races, but if you're any if you're running for points in the Xfinity series, you can run Cup races. But if you're running for points in the Cup series, which is supposed to be the top tier, then no, you you cannot run Xfinity or truck. No, I, I completely agree, and I think that would be a a fair statement. Yeah, and we had Brian Barnhill on, and I asked him about that, and he said, 
if you could beat the Kyle Busch or the Chase Elliott or insert cup driver's name here, then you've been the best. But yeah, exactly. Then you'd be running in the cup series with a competitive team like Joe Gibbs or Hendrick or Penske against the Kyle Bushes and Martin Truex Juniors and Chase Elliott's. I totally agree with you. But Kyle Busch, he led the most laps, 102 of 130, which means he didn't lead 28 laps in that race, which made it completely boring. And Kyle Busch did win the race, but about the only thing he can win is a race like the truck race to me, leading 102 of 130 laps. I mean, although John Hernan Nemechek got the stage wins, you know, he didn't win the race, and Kyle Busch won the race, and it was just kind of very unfortunate that, you know, I, I I think he took away a win from his team in order to better himself. I think he could have given the, you know, sat out that race. To me, I don't know why drivers do that. Do you have any I, idea I why drivers? I, I don't know if it's some type of sponsorship obligation, something like that. That That's the only thing I could truly think of at that point. You know, you go where the money tells you to go at this point, really and truly, this day and age. If sponsors are paying for you to run a particular race in a particular series, then that's what you do. Yeah, and I, I could get that, but I don't like seeing, again, drivers come down and dominating like that. It's not fun for me. I'd rather see the trucks have at it, even though the weekend as a whole, unfortunately, for Atlanta was subpar. It was boring. It Man, unfortunately, unless they do something, which I know we'll get to this here in a little bit, I'm sure, but uh, unless they do something with the packages, it's going to be like that at almost all the mile and a half, so I'm afraid. Yeah, and I, I think we'll get more into that because that's more of, I think, a Cup Series thing with the low oh, horsepower, yeah. high down force package. We'll get more into your thoughts on that. But here's how I rated the truck race from Atlanta Motor Speedway. Memorability of a 6, excitement is 6, unpredictability 4, competitiveness 6, and intensity 5. Overall, 5.4. I'm disappointed in that because usually the truck races get high sixes, low sevens for me. Unfortunately for me, I'm always a big fan of the truck series, more so probably than the cup. And I, I, I am too. Usually the trucks put on a, a, a really good show. No, they really do. And Normally, normally any track they go to, that, that's usually a good show. Yeah, and, and I've said it in a couple episodes ago, if not last episode, that if the truck series keeps going the way it's going – it's going to compete against the trucks or the Cup Series as far as ratings and views and people out to track in the stands. Uh, I, I agree with that, but unfortunately, this coming week, I mean, I think there's close to what six, seven, eight Cup Series drivers running the truck race this coming weekend. I know Truex is, Bubba Wallace is, Kyle Larson is. I want to say there's some others as well. I think Chase Elliott might be one of them running the truck race as well. There's there's quite a few Cup Series regulars. Uh, running the truck race at Bristol this this week. Pretty sure Kyle Busch is running the truck race as well. Let's see here. You have Daniel Suarez going to be running for Young Motorsports, Chase Briscoe running for Roper Racing, Bubba Wallace for Spencer Davis Motorsports. That's three. Kevin Harvick for Team DGR. Four. Ryan Newman for Drivers Field Custom Concepts. Kyle Larson for Nice. Arnie Drex Jr. for Kyle Busch Motorsports. That is seven out of the 44. And, and again, 44 trucks are going to show up. So four are going to go home. And odds are the four that are going to go home are probably four competing for points. Four competing for points. Whether they're with Rayoon Brothers Racing or not, in a team like that where they're not the best team, they're maybe a C-grade team. Those, that's, that's just those, not something I, I agree with. And I get it. This is our first time at the 
this particular and track and configuration. As many laps as they can. But let's face it, man. Look, I I like Kyle Larson. I do, and I I I think that you will see you will see him probably in the final four this year. I, I, yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and make that statement now. That man don't need no more laps on dirt. He's going to be competitive come Sunday yeah, or right. Saturday night or whenever it is they're running this race. And I don't mind, like, you know, when they were racing Eldora. Yeah, I don't. well, maybe the cup drivers could come down there and have a little fun on dirt. Or, heck, maybe instead of going to a race where the trucks or Xfinity are running, Go to do what Tony Stewart did up in New York when we were up there. Go to a dirt track up there and run sprint cars. And, and run, run sprint cars, but don't take away points from anybody because 44 trucks are going to show up, four are going to go home, and I guarantee you it's not going to be a cup regular going home. It's probably not, most likely not, but unless they wreck during qualifying, which I highly doubt that, but this weekend's going to be crazy anyway. We'll get more to that in a second. Xfinity Series. Uh, are the Truck Series running heat races for qualifying? I believe so. Let me double check here. Make sure I'm. That'd be the only. Yeah, they're they got four qualifying races. It's going to be. That'd be the only way, man. I, I I hate it, but. And qualifying, and they're going to be. And the way that's going to work is four qualifying heat races held at 15 laps with only green flag laps counted. No overtimes, free passes, and wave rounds will be in effect. We'll have to see how that goes. This is a whole this this whole dirt track thing is going to be a whole new concept for the trucks and it and Cup guys. Probably more so for the Cup guys, but we're going to have to see how this plays out. Hopefully, it goes well. And as I said before, we'll get more into that after once we get past this weekend's right. races. Xfinity race. Justin Allgaier scored his first win in twenty twenty one, winning at Atlanta. Although. Another cup driver dominated. Martin Truex Jr. leading 103 of the 163 laps ran. All, so all but 60 laps Martin Truex Jr. led. It was boring there. He had a penalty at the end, which cost him track position, which cost August Geyer to be in the lead. And then even then, Truex was catching him there in the closing laps. Couldn't quite catch him. I'm glad this, Yeah, I'm glad all Geyer won. I, I'd like all Geyer. Junior Motorsports is by far my favorite team in the Xfinity Series. I love rooting for them. Don't know why everybody else is having an abysmal year, but he seems to do well. But I think that's experience speaking and showing his driver ability. Because yeah. Josh Berry, if he's not careful, these little mistakes that he makes at these oval tracks, which is the only races he's racing this year for Junior Motorsports. Yeah, gonna, he's on a limited schedule. It's going to bite him, and he's going to lose that full-time ride coming up here. And that's unfortunate because I really want to see him do well. Like anybody, like everybody like else. I, say, I think a lot of those mistakes aren't really his his making. He's be he's just getting caught up in other people's mess. Daytona, he had a good run at Daytona, got caught up in other people's mess. The very next weekend, had a good run. He's been running really, really strong. He's just getting caught up in other people's messes. Now, I do know that he he had a little issue at Atlanta, and I think what he he wound up hitting a. The lip at the grass there. Yeah, he came across in the infield and the splitter caught the grass and just went airborne. Oh, just destroyed the car. They wound up actually working overnight before the cup race and leveling out the grass there. I wish they'd do away with grass, period, man. Well, I tell you what, let's have a talk about that afterwards, but because I, I think we can get more into that after and just talk racing after we get done with these race prediction, race overviews. 
and I want to hear your opinion on the cup race, but here's how I rated the Xfinity race. Memorability, seven. Excitement, five. Unpredictability, six. Competitiveness, seven. Intensity, five. Overall race rating for the Xfinity race, six. And we're going to get to the cup race, but not before we hear a few ad reads from the Unhinged Sports Network and of Teespring Ring. This is In the Marbles, and we'll be right back after this. All right, Matt, before we move any further, guess what month it is? It is the month of March. Month of March, and that means we got a new discount for our Teespring store. What's our discount code, Preston? Discount code this time around will be Formula One. The word formula and then the number one, of course. All one word. That makes sense because NASCAR was last started off last month. Formula One starts up this month. At the end of the month, we'll get the Formula One season underway. So if you head over to inthemarbles.net, go into the merch tab, head over to the Teespring link. You know, well, we could probably forget about hoodies at this point because it's say, hot outside. I would say it's throwing in warm up now. Yeah, hoodies, so forego those till the fall. T-shirts, you know, hat, uh, hats, right? Yeah, well, in the works. In the works. Okay, so T-shirts, mugs. There's other things over there. I'm sure there's a whole list of stuff. I don't want oh, to yeah. name it all. Because why would I name it all? Nobody's going to go over there and look at it. Yeah, then just head over to inthemarbles.net under the merch tab and check it out. Yeah, inthemarbles.net under the merch tab, Teesprings. Don't forget, at Formula One for 20% off this time. That's right, now. 20%, 20% off, off. So that's a pretty good deal this time. Till the end of March. Till the 31st end of March. March. So Formula One, 20% off till the end of March. Go check it out, inthemarbles.net. Scroll over the merch tab. You'll find the Teespring link. Back here with In the Marbles, special co-host for this episode, Charlie Herkus. Going to be talking about the cup race now, man. And you saw the cup race. Give me your uh, initial impressions post-race, what you thought of that race. Like Kyle Larson, I honestly wish he'd have won it. Not unhappy that, that Ryan Blaney won it. Uh, six different winner this year. Yeah, that's crazy, uh, man. As far as you know, points race goes, stuff like that. So happy about that. I think that says a lot in itself about competition level and stuff like that, but boring, man. <laughs> it, it, it was a boring race. Boring weekend. That, that race was just boring. I think that brings us back to what we mentioned earlier as far as the low horsepower, high downforce. Yeah, let me ask you this. What would you do if, if you were given the helm of NASCAR for a day and they said, Charlie, do whatever you want to the sport to make it better make it the way you wanted how would you fix what we saw this past weekend in atlanta i i don't know man i there's a few different ideas that come to mind some of it takes me back a little bit old school i I get where they're coming from nowadays they want the cars as equal as possible right and i i think that if you're gonna make them as equal as possible and you're gonna try and lower the horsepower then lower the downforce and put it in the driver's hands. Do you, do you uh, think it is a horsepower that, issue? Pretty much we're running restrictor plate engines. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it, I don't know that it's a horsepower issue. Uh, I mean, I know they can crank them out, and I, I, I know they've cut them back a little bit, but, I mean, what's the point in cutting them back and then adding downforce to the car to slow them down? See, I don't, I don't understand that either. I mean, to me... Uh, that doesn't make much sense. If you're going to cut the horsepower, then leave the cars where they were. So, I mean, because right now everybody's holding that wide open throttle around the track. That's, yeah. That's, that's stupid. I mean, that, that's, that's not racing. I mean, to me, the high downforce, low horsepower package does more harm than good. We've seen this, what, this is the second year it's been implemented. And 
so far the racing has been kind of yeah yeah, and you know with that with that package sure you still have to hit your marks but it's 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 not necessarily all about hitting your marks yeah you you got to hit them to keep your momentum up and stuff like that holding wide open throttle but used to you know whenever you you let off kind of unwound the car and you had to make sure you hit your marks hit your braking marks i mean there was more to it i guess that brings me back to a little bit of the old school stuff you know if 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 you're going to do that if you're going to lower the horsepower then don't put any downforce in them or at least lower the downforce. Don't put no freaking big spoiler on the back. No, nothing like that. And then at the same time, give them a little bit of wiggle room on the bodies. Bring back the body, guys. That's why I was talking about the old school. Sure, let if you want your nose and bumpers and all that to be fitted and whatnot, fine. But give them give them some room to work with elsewhere. So long as they are within a you know within a standard, so to speak. Right. Give give them a little bit of wiggle room to to work with and finagle stuff. Bring back them body guys that used that. That's what their one job was to, was to work the system. But by all means, crank down on them and make sure they're still within the within the legal limit. There. No, I, I hear you. I mean, I'm I'm I wouldn't even mind seeing a high downforce, high horsepower package. I don't think you should limit the horsepower unless it's on a track like Daytona Talladega where if you're not, these cars are going to be reaching 204. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 30 miles an hour, they well, go sideways, even, they could go even airborne. There, leave the horsepower where it's at, but if you're going to run run your high horsepower, high downforce, whatever, on the mile and a half, but even on the super speedways, they're adding, what, another three-inch lip on the spoilers or whatever? Yeah. So, I mean, you're slowing on that, but what are they doing? Lowering the horsepower on the super speedways? what has that done absolutely nothing they're still running 200 mile an hour yeah these guys are going to figure out ways around it so you might as well open it up and let them go yeah i I don't want to see any because the whole point of motorsports to me is that you bring the best engine with the best car and if it runs a higher if hendrick motorsports runs a higher horsepower than spire motorsports well then spire needs to either step up or this isn't the sport for them and I get it. You don't want the established teams winning all the time. If you're NASCAR, you want a good show for the fans. You want a good show for TV. And you want potential owners to come into the sport and think they have a shot at competing against the establishment. You look at Daniel Suarez. Let's take Trackhouse Racing, a team that's really hasn't been getting as much media coverage as I feel with 23XI Racing and Daniel Suarez with Bubble Wallace. Daniel Suarez being a Mexican-born driver from Monterey, Mexico. 
had a great run, finished 17th, yeah. and had and was in the top 10 for the most part of the day, I, I feel like, and even scored a stage point finishing 10th in stage two. He had a great day, although Kyle, I mean, the focus was on Kyle Larson leading 83% of the race and then losing it with 10 to go. You know, I, I think Trackhouse is on par of, of figuring this thing out. They had a great run, which shows that they're a brand-new team. You know, they didn't race in the truck series. They didn't race in the Xfinity series. They said, I want to go straight to the top, start a cup team, the 99 with Daniel Suarez, and they had a great run. For as new as that team is, and for some reason media, as in Fox, NBC, MRN, PRN, is not talking about track house racing unless they are in the top 10. The whole focus is on 23XI, which I feel is 100% wrong. 23XI deserves to be talked about. They have a big name with Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin. Sorry, but that's because the last season and the society we live in nowadays. So, Well, I'm... What about Daniel Suarez? He's a minority, and he's I, well, why isn't I, he getting I the press coverage? Understand that, but his last name ain't Wallace. But, Anyways, about that race, yeah. boy, I tell you what, that was a boring race. It could get me off on a rabbit hole now. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll easily go down rabbit hole, you and I. <laughs> mid-season but, review, mid-season, yeah, mid-season review, man. You'll be here. We'll, we'll talk all about it. But Kyle Larson leading two hundred and ninety-six of the three hundred and twenty-five laps. I'll be drink that conversation. <laughs> yeah, me too, buddy. Uh, three. Uh, <laughs> So he led 83% of the race. He was on a rail. I thought Kyle Larson was going to be. And I thought he had to. You know, I, I, I really felt, I really, sorry, I mean, but I really felt like with the leads he was having that he wasn't having to use all of his equipment either. Right. Like I felt like he was probably saving some, saving some, saving some. But I guess when that car went away, it just went away. Now, see, like, answer me this because you saw the race. Coming towards the end of the race, he was behind a teammate of Ryan Blaney, the race winner, in Joey Logano. Joey was on the lead lap. Do you feel like Joey Logano maybe held up Kyle Larson in order to throw Ryan Blaney a lifeline? Uh, he, he could have very well raced Larson hard enough to, to make Larson use up what little bit he had left. And it don't take much. I mean, Atlanta's a pretty abrasive surface. It it wouldn't have taken much for the tires to go away. So. No, and and, Lar- and Logano, in my opinion, did nothing wrong. He was on the lead lap, racing to stay in that position because if Kyle Larson would have passed him, he would have just been dropped down, and then maybe if the caution were to come out late in the race, not in position for a lucky dog or in position to maybe possibly win the race. So do you think Logano did anything wrong there? And I know your personal opinions on Logano. You don't pretty much like the driver you don't like him as a driver but did he do anything wrong i can see it both ways i can see it from the teammate aspect uh uh, aspect him racing larson hard not only to stay on the lead lap but to help blaney out but at the same time the leader's coming up on you you're you're about to go a lap down move out the way now, what's the etiquette on that? You as a driver, let's say, let's put yourself in Logano's shoes first. If, 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 if the leaders are coming up on you and there's, what, 10 laps left? Give or take. Maybe he caught him at like yeah. 15, 20 laps to go. Move out the way. Especially when you know it's been a long green flag run race pretty much all freaking day. I mean, move. Now, is that like a gentleman's agreement or is that a... Yes and no. I guess... 
I would say maybe not so much on a mile and a half just because there's so much more racing room. So, so if you were like if you were Logano from a driver's standpoint, you wouldn't have you would have, I, you would have I, moved I may honestly, yeah. But at that level, I guess there's a lot more on the line. Yeah. Uh, than say on my level by all means. Uh so yeah, I mean you're you're probably gonna race Larson pretty hard to stay on the on the lead lap, but at the same time are you're you're not necessarily racing him pretty hard to stay on the lead lap. You're racing him to make it hard for him to get by you to use his stuff up so Blaney could actually run him down and gain time. And that's what I was kind of thinking. I mean, Logano did nothing wrong. He didn't violate any rules. He was just racing to stay on the lead lap, which is his right as, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, oh, Charlie. I, I agree. You know, agree. he was doing uh, what he was supposed to do, which is stay on the lead lap and contain for the best position that he could possibly get because he knew he couldn't win that race where he was at. But if he goes a lap down, he knows the race is over with at that point. But I get I could see where you're coming from. It could, you know he could have moved out of the way, but the flagman didn't display the move out of the way flag because he was still on the lead lap. In a sense, racing to stay on the lead lap against Kyle Larson, Kyle, and yeah. he could have held him up and raced him a little harder than he did, knowing that Blaney was in second and catching him. And then because once Blaney did pass Larson for the lead, they both got by Joey with no problem, with relative ease, I would say, compared to the last. 10 laps leading up to that pass for the lead so to me it wasn't a maybe it was, maybe it was a bigger picture strategy goal i don't know i wasn't listening to the 22s radio i was listening to the 5 and 12s radio larson wasn't happy with logano naturally because i think if he would have passed logano i think he would have won that race hands down but at the yeah, same I, I could see i could see larson's frustrations by all means yeah and larson didn't blame and the post race Logano, he didn't blame Pinsky at all. He said, "Hey, we just lost it, and Blaney conserved and passed us for the lead." And he was very humble about it, which is great when you think about it. Like a you know driver coming in and having that, because I think Larson could have very easily said it was the twenty two's fault. The heck with him; he's a piece of crap. He could have, but Blaney scored his first win in twenty twenty one. I think he's a standard bearer of Pinsky right now. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I think he's been a little more consistent. He had an abysmal start to the year, but now he's rebounded back with a win, locking himself in the playoffs for yeah, L- Logano and, and Keselowski both have, have struggled. Um, Keselowski's been maybe a little better than Logano in my eyes. But, yeah, I think I think Blaney is the, is, is Penske's main guy right, right now. I, yeah. I, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I, I think he is too. And, again, we talked about Daniel Suarez. He had a great run. So what is it about – I'll tell you about this race weekend for as far as me, as far when I rate the race. Memorability was a six. It almost reminded me of the 20, 2016 Coca-Cola 600 where Truex led 99% of that race. If Larson would have won that race, it would have been shades of that season where Truex was just dominating. Not to say he's going to have not another chance when he goes to Charlotte for the 600 – Texas, and he's going to run well. I think Larson is going to be the guy to beat on mile and a half from here on out. It was shown that. I, I agree. I mean, but man, he's been strong about every track so far this year. He really has. He really has. And I think he's been where we were talking about Blaney being the person for Penske. As of right now, Larson's the guy for Hendrick. Yeah, I think Larson is the guy for Hendrick. I mean, yeah, 
Byron's got a win. Um, but as far as consistency, uh, Larson's – Yeah, Larson's putting together yeah. good numbers. Yeah, so memorability was a six for me. It was a boring race weekend, let's just say that. If I was out in Atlanta, I'd be pretty upset. Yeah, I, I, I'd probably agree with you. Five, I'd say probably a five – Five okay. or six on memorability, just for just for the sheer fact of being the sixth different winner of the season. Yep, yep, good point. And you know, to me, it almost looked like a Formula One race. Where? Oh yeah, oh absolutely. Right. And, once and, you got out, and once you got out front, you were. Yeah, I think that's the problem with this package. If it's a if it's a high downforce, low horsepower package, if you got that clean air on your nose, you're golden. If you're yeah. getting racy with people, it's it's not going to be good for you. There's no racing in it. Clean air is better than dirty hair, regardless of the series, but especially now in NASCAR. Excitement yeah. was a four because there was hardly any racing. Aside from the two cautions for stage breaks, there was one for an accident involving Kurt Busch and, and one, one for Chase Elliott blowing up. Blowing up. And that was it. Not that I'm a big fan of cautions. I don't like cautions prior to stage racing. I would I, love to see I, a race I go for rain. But with a race like that, I mean, come on. Yeah. The most excitement's the restarts. Yeah. And after they got spread out, it was nothing. I'm not saying NASCAR needs to go back to what they did in truck series a few years ago and say if there's no caution within 20 minutes and the caution flag will be thrown, don't or don't make it happen organically yeah Yeah, don't orchestrate it because then you're just playing god at that point and determining the outcome in a race without anybody racing it's just yeah we'll wait 20 laps come in fix it and then go and to me that's that was a stupid rule i'm glad they got rid of that excitement to me was a four because of those points it wasn't i i couldn't believe i sat there the whole time watching it just hoping something interesting would happen somebody would challenge larson and the last 10 laps were great but the laps leading up to that was boring yeah, if we to me. could have skipped the first however many and went to the last 10, it'd been great. Yeah, and that should sell, say something to NASCAR and what they're doing because if people were saying the last 10 laps are awesome but nothing leading up to that was fun, that's a problem. And NASCAR yeah. needs to address that either with the rules package or one way or another. On predictability, I gave it a 6. We all kind of knew it was either going to be Larson or Blaney. Made the best man win. Blaney came out yeah, on top. I'd, I'd say a, I'd probably go down to a four on that one, four or five. We, like you said, it was, it was the Larson or Blaney show. We all knew that from the beginning. Yeah. So about the only one that had anything for him all day, for Larson all day was Blaney. Yeah. Um, and at times you even doubted that, just for the fact that Larson would open up a ten second lead at times. So yeah, and and I'm going to use those what you just said and go with competitiveness and use that and say it was a four. There was yeah, no racing, I, and I don't even mind if the racing's for a second. If the leader's out front by three seconds, but they're still kind of in tow with him from the draft and racing hard for a second, and if there was just racing on the track, and I don't even care if the low horsepower package is in effect, the cars could go 80 miles an hour for all I care, but I don't want to see a guy 10 seconds in the lead lapping all the way up to maybe 15th on the pylon yeah, and just run circles around the guy. I mean, good yeah, on the them. long. I know you can't help the long green flag runs, um, and that's what kind of ruins 
the competitiveness side of stuff, especially that low horsepower, high downforce package doesn't help that either, um, like you touched on. I'm a little back and forth on the competitiveness just because I want to rate that based off the based off going back to the memorability on having the six different winner for the season as well. So, you know, I, I'd say, you know, maybe I'd probably give that a five, maybe a six, just for the sheer fact that I'm, I'm wanting to base that off of having the six different winner for the season as well. So, which is not a fair judgment, but it is what it is. That's kind of the way we call it here on the show. If we call it and it was a boring race, it was a boring race. And then last and not, but not least intensity, I gave it a four. Oh, yeah, there was absolutely no intensity. It was kind of a so, snooze fest. I'm surprised I didn't fall asleep during the race, but I was looking forward to something happening. Chase Elliott that's going. The only thing that really kept you going was like, well, you know what? Something's about to happen. And if you didn't keep telling yourself that. You were going to fall asleep and absolutely. lose interest. Yeah, so that was, that was a boring race. And unfortunately for me, that gives me an overall rating of a 4.8. And that's bad, man. That's a Formula One rating level to me. But yeah, that's why I can't really watch a Formula One race. Now, if they had like, hey, pile them back up and restart them from a dead start every time they actually had a caution or something. Okay, right. hey, I might could. Hey, let's let's do this. Yeah, but no, uh, I just because once somebody gets out front, in Formula One, you got a halfway decent car. It's freaking over. Oh, yeah, absolutely, and I think with any car for that matter, we saw Pierre Gasly do it in Italy. But the race of the weekend for me was the Xfinity race. I, I Again, I just like seeing Justin Allgaier run well, and it wasn't yeah. a cup driver. Well, or, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I was about to say that before you said that because it wasn't a – it was an actual uh, series driver competing for a points championship outside of an actual cup series somebody that's wanting to win an Xfinity championship. So Yeah. And I think he's got a good shot at the, at it this year. They just need to tweak a few things. I think they could got it. Yeah, I, I think it's still early. They'll they'll get it. They'll get the ball rolling. So Yeah, and then but this weekend, man, this next weekend we got coming up here, we got the Bristol dirt races. I'm I'm kind of I, I, I'm kinda, I heard them talking about uh um statistic yesterday on that. Uh was it yesterday or something? But, you know, they were saying, well, some people were worried about getting down to the actual concrete. And they were saying, no. They said there's like nine feet of dirt on that track. Oh, wow. That's a lot of dirt. They, imagine yeah, the cleanup after this weekend. Holy cow. Yeah, but, they can have that. Back. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of up in the air about this. I'm, ap- I'm anticipating this. I'm, I'm hoping it's a good race weekend and not a f- – flop on the face for nascar because if it is i think there's gonna be a lot of stuff tore up man there's been a yeah. lot of late oh yeah i i've seen the tore up oh yeah man it, it's been crazy there i can only imagine what a cup car will do on there maybe the little ground force package will mean something there and not go crazy but i'm looking forward to know. it yeah i don't know what they're gonna do so I, I think it's going to be an interesting weekend all around. We got the Food City Dirt Race at Bristol Sunday, March 28th at 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox. And the Truck Race on the Dirt at Bristol March 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern. So that's going to be under the lights there on FS1. No Xfinity race, but there's also one more race coming up this weekend that we haven't really hit much. And if Preston were here, he would have been talking about it all weekend. This weekend will be the start of the Formula One season from the Bahrain race course there in Bahrain. 
It makes sense. Bob Rainey and Grand Prix of 2021. First race of the season, and that's going to be March 28th at 11 a.m. So set your DVRs for that or just watch the race. I think it's it's going to I'm, – I'm anticipating it because Mercedes isn't doing so hot like they used to. Maybe we'll see a team challenge them like a McLaren or a Red Bull. But if Preston were here, he'd give us more. As long as it ain't Lewis Hamilton that wins. Right. I'm kind of with you there as long as it isn't Lewis Hamilton because – I don't even care if it's his teammate. No, I like Valtteri Bottas. Uh, but I'm, uh, I'm curious to see how Haas will rebound after the dismal season they had last year. And I wish Preston was here to talk about it, but he'll be back next week to talk about all the coverage from the Bahrainian Grand Prix. Well, they, but they usually opened up their season in um, Australia. They did. Obviously, someone's been hasn't been listening to our show <laughs> because we talked about that a few weeks ago, oh. how Australia – put on a more quarantine and more restrictions because of COVID-19 and they have to wait there two weeks if they were to come in kind of like what New York and California does of all the countries yeah of all the countries and one that one continent that's a country so Australia is off the schedule as far as I can tell right now Preston will probably have more insight on us for that next week but Charlie man you got anything else uh any anticipation for the dirt races coming up I think the trucks uh, uh, be a really good dirt race, mainly because they've been doing it for the past couple years, except for last year. I don't think they raced a dirt race last year, and then I'm pretty sure Tony Stewart told them to shove it uh, after they announced the whole Bristol stuff, and yeah. they canceled Eldora last year. So, no, I, I really don't have anything else. I'm looking forward to the truck race. I think the cup race would be good, only for the simple fact that nobody really knows what to expect there's no notes no. to go yeah. off of for years past no nothing now granted look man these guys have got freaking engineers all kinds of really really smart people working for them they'll have this stuff figured out yeah so, i think they're going to come with their guns loaded but I, I think this race will be one of those races like a daytona Dallas where you might get a Corey underdog, LaJoy, uh, uh, Corey LaJoy, maybe another Michael McDowell, Anthony Alfredo, to come up there and challenge those guys. I really think so. I really think this might be one of those great equalizer tracks where anything could happen, just like at Daytona and Talladega. Got it, but you got to keep that nose clean. If I'm, I'm, wor- I'm wondering about overheating now. Just thinking about it, I'm wondering about overheating. You sling enough mud on that grill, it's clogged up. How many blown engines are we going to see this weekend? I think they'll have that covered because, I mean, them dirt cars, you don't you don't have that issue in a truck series when they do it. So yeah, true. I mean, you're very true, very right, man. But anything else before we get into our final thoughts here? No, um, I'm good, man. So all right, so we're gonna hear an ad read from Fanatics and a few from the Unhinged Sports Network. This is in the marbles, and we'll be right back after this. All right, Preston, before I wanted to get into our next segment here, I wanted to remind all the fans out there listening on your regular podcast platform or on the Unhinged Sports Network about our partnership with Fanatics, where you could get all your sports gears needs ready for the 2021 season. For maybe NASCAR, I'm buying some NASCAR t-shirts, hats, and getting ready to go to Daytona and support the teams there and support NASCAR. But not only just NASCAR. You could get any hockey stuff. I get Washington Capitals gear there all the time. I get. Uh, I just ordered some more Vegas stuff off no, of there. See, you could get anything you need for any team that you want on Fanatics.com. If you head over to our Partners tab on, at InTheMarbles.net, all the way at the bottom, 
You'll see a link to our Fanatics page, and it'll start you off at NASCAR, but then you could branch off and go anywhere you want. That's in the marbles.net under the Partners page for Fanatics, and anything will help out the Unhinged Sports Network. And if you want to listen to the Unhinged Sports Network, you can head over to unhingedsn.com or just click under the Unhinged tab at intomarbles.net and click on the link, and it'll take you right there. That's unhingedsn.com. Go check them out. White flag, white flag, one lap to go, one lap right Final thoughts here on episode 79 of In the Marbles with special co-host Charlie Herkus. And we always start off with In the Marbles 2.0, and I know you've been, you're in this fantasy league as well, Charlie. First of all, how are you enjoying it? It's It's been tough. Oh, um, gosh, it has been. This year's Man, been- I, I had it figured out last race until the last 10 laps. Man, I, I haven't had it figured out uh, since Daytona, my friend. And we're on race – we're coming up to race seven of the year, and Matt Camper has it figured out. He's leading by 10 points over Preston right now. Matt Camper has a 1,148 to Preston's 1,138. So tight race leading up there for the first place Easy. position. Gosh, I mean, Matt Camper, I, he, he's, one of, he's one of our fans up there in New York, and he found us through the Pocono Raceway podcast, and – you heard about in the marbles 2.0 signed up and he wants that hundred dollar amazon gift card what else can i say defending series champion smr r&d which is maples with 1049 points unhinged racing which is jim from the unhinged sports network 1031 points 43 and me 1029 or summers racing which is kyle summers 1021 and i'm in seventh with nowhere near four digits right now 946 S Blades, 897. Smoking Woody, 870. Charlie, you are in 10th with 846. Granted, you missed that one race at the Daytona 500, but you still got time, my friend. Not far behind being I missed a race. No, you're not that far behind, but. You, yeah, you, man, I'm only, what, two behind you and I missed a race? Man, you're not doing too much. Well, first of all, you're not two behind me. You're 100 points behind me. Let's just say that. Two, two places. No, two spots. Okay, two spots behind me, but 100 points back. I mean, yeah, I can make that up. Oh, yeah, you're going to make that up easy because I'm having an abysmal year being the NASCAR guy on in the marbles. It's kind of embarrassing. Bun three, which is who is in 11th, has seven, 712, and then Shake and Bake, 522. And now we get into our driver of the week this week in NASCAR. Our driver of the week this week is James Paschal Jr. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. He was born December 5th, 1926, and unfortunately died of cancer in July on July 5th, 2004 at the age of 77. Ran 421 races over his 23 careers in the Cup Series. His first race coming at race number one in Charlotte in 1949. His last race coming in the World 600 there at Charlotte again in 1972. First win, 1953, race 36 at Martinsville, and his last win came at the 1967 race 27 in Montgomery. 25 wins, 230 top 10s, and 12 poles over his career, and his achievements two-time World 600 winner in, 1940, in 1964 and 1967. Again, dot, and again, that's Jim Paschal. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. It's P-A- so his last, last race was in Montgomery? His last race was in Montgomery, or his last win was in Montgomery in 1967, race 27. Huh. 1920, in 1967. That, track, that yeah. track's still going, too. 
This week in NASCAR, March 27, 1960, Lee Petty finishes at first in a controversial 100-mile race at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Petty bumped his way to victory, passing Junior Johnson with 14 laps to go to claim his 49th career NASCAR victory. Petty is pelted with rocks and debris in victory lane after the win. The win makes Petty the top race winner in NASCAR's history, surpassing 48-time winner Herb Thomas, and that was at the time in 1960. That was your This Week in NASCAR, March 27th, 1960. And, Charlie, i, I got to thank you again for being on the show. I know it's kind of one of those things where I asked you. and you Yeah, know. I mean, I was your backup plan, so yeah. whatever. Yeah, but maybe we can have you on more so because <laughs> uh, I really like uh, what you bring to the show. You bring a good insight perspective to it as, as a driver. And, heck, you're one of my best friends, and you're just fun to talk racing with. You just think I'm cute. Oh, yeah, that's probably it. It's probably more yeah. so it than anything, buddy. But uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. yeah, but thanks again for doing this. It was a fun episode. Um, can't wait to have you back in the studio, and I'm definitely going to see you Mother's Day weekend. Yeah, yeah it'll sneak up on us quick. Yeah, it, it most definitely will sneak up on us quick. But do you have anything else uh, before we call it quits here? No, appreciate you having me back on. Yeah. Um, like I said, we'll – We'll see you here in here in a couple months. Look forward to Pocono as well. So yeah, Pocono is going to be fun. You're coming up with us there, Pocono for the doubleheader, and so heck, you get a, at least two NASCAR races this year or three. That's not a yeah. bad deal, man. But Charlie, since you have nothing else, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. I'd like to thank everybody so much for tuning in to us this week here in Mars. If you haven't already, head over to endemarbles.net for links to all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and make sure to follow us on all those platforms as well. We're slowly catching up to YouTube videos, so worry not. All those will be posted in due time. But in the meantime, you can listen to us any, on all, any and all podcast platforms and as well as on the Unhint Sports Network. For Preston Lude, who's not here, special co-host Charlie Herkus, I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you again so much for listening. Stay safe and have a good rest of the week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this... But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.